Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting Pops on the River, an outdoor concert experience with songs from the Eagles featuring the Seven Bridges Band and the entire symphony. June 1st at McGrath Amphitheater. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Friday. It is the 10th of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. The Iowa Department of Health and Human Services says it plans to put some of its land up for sale at all five of its state-owned facilities. IPR's Natalie Krebs has more. DHHS owns and operates two mental health institutions in Cherokee and Independence, the Boy State Training School in Eldora, as well as the Woodward and Glenwood Resource Centers. Glenwood is slated to close next year. DHHS Director Kelly Garcia says one reason they're selling some of the land at the Cherokee facility is to help address its housing crisis. We've had a few team members where we've tried to recruit moving from out of state and they cannot move because there is zero housing. Garcia says the department plans to host a town hall in Cherokee next Wednesday about the sale and plans to put the land on the market soon. A conservative think tank is recognizing Iowa for offering state funding that families can use to pay for private school. The Heritage Foundation has ranked Iowa number nine in the country for what it calls education freedom. That ranking favors states that have education savings accounts, or ESAs. It also promotes measures like Iowa's law requiring parental consent for a transgender student to use a gender-affirming name at school. At an event in Des Moines held by the Heritage Foundation, Reynolds said she is pleased with the response to the ESA program. The number of ESA applications, they exceeded both of our, um, not only our expectations, but our projections. And I truly believe that school choice will be the most consequential, will make the most consequential change to our education system um, in decades, not only in Iowa, but across the country. Nearly 19,000 students were approved for state-funded education savings account in Iowa this fall. State hasn't said yet how many of those students successfully enrolled in private schools. Iowa's Department of Corrections says recidivism among people who've been released from prison is down again for the third straight year. Corrections Director Beth Skinner credits programs that get substance abuse or mental health treatment for people at highest risk. Also, programs that offer a trade apprenticeship or help incarcerated individuals get a high school diploma. What's great about these apprenticeship programs is that it's really preparing people for when they, when they get out. Because we know 90% of people are going to be leaving prison. You know, they have to show up to work, they get evaluated, they get paid, all those things. We look at that as a, as a way for them preparing them when they come out and reentry. Iowa's recidivism rate had been as high as 40% a few years ago. It is now 34%. Waterloo kicked off its Veterans Day celebrations with the unveiling of a monument to several of the city's World War II heroes. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer has that story. The monument sits outside the Waterloo Convention Center and is named for the Sullivan Brothers, a group of five Waterloo sailors who were killed in action while serving on the same ship near the Solomon Islands. Granddaughter Kelly Sullivan, a Navy veteran herself, was on hand to pull back the curtain on four sculptures dedicated to the sailors. Sullivan said the plaza is a way to keep the memories of Waterloo's veterans alive for everyone, even beyond the days of special recognition. The, the plaza will always be here. You know, it's, it's something special where school children can come on field trips and see it. It's, it's a beautiful way for us to honor not just the Sullivans, but all veterans. And I think it's really important that people understand that, that the Sullivan brothers sacrificed 
just as much as any family does. The sculptures of the Sullivan Brothers Monument tell the story of the brothers' service and are part of a larger plaza also named for the family. Corn yields in Iowa are projected to average about 200 bushels per acre, and overall corn production in the U.S. this year could set a record. The Capital Dispatch reports the U.S. Agriculture Department has increased its yield prediction for Iowa by a bushel an acre from last month. The yield prediction would match the state's corn yields last year, but would be short of the 204 bushel an acre record set in 2021. It's here first from IPR News. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at UpstreamFM.com. When colleges close, they don't disappear. Closures leave students in flux, facilities unattended, and in the case of Iowa Wesleyan University, a collection that needs a home. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith reports the University of Iowa has taken on the role of safeguarding Iowa Wesleyan's record and future. It was all just a bit uncanny when Sarah Keene, a University of Iowa archivist, walked into the library at Iowa Wesleyan University this past summer. In some ways, the newly closed campus had hardly changed. Buildings were more or less untouched. The John Wesley statue was still astride his pedestal, but there was something missing. So to walk in, you realize, wait, there's all this stuff here, but there are no people, and so it makes it feel just supremely empty. Keene's team was sent to Mount Pleasant to fulfill one of the UI's more obscure responsibilities. When a college or university closes, there needs to be some way for students to access their records and for the public to confirm degrees awarded. Iowa Code names the University of Iowa that record keeper. When Iowa Wesleyan closed earlier this year, the UI registrar became the custodian of over 40,000 student transcripts dating back to its founding in 1842. And the UI libraries began the process of determining what it could keep from the collection. Margaret Gam is the director of special collections and archives at the University of Iowa Libraries. Space is absolutely limited, so there was a very small amount of material that we knew we would be able to take. A collection of daguerreotypes and ambrotypes, records from the also defunct German college, and roughly 15 Bibles, some locally printed for the German-speaking Iowans of centuries past. The University of Iowa doesn't normally provide access to materials that have not been processed and cataloged, but they made an exception for IPR News to see just what was worth all the effort. The piece that caught my eye is pretty small. So this binder you can see is from the Helen Braden collection of letters. Hiding in a carton is a 1,200-word essay that got a hell of a response back in 1946 from Americans Abroad. It was a piece called I Don't Want to Marry an American GI by former Iowa Wesleyan student Helen Braden. Here's an excerpt read by IPR assistant producer Maddie Willis. The men of our nation have trod with hobnailed boots on the polished floors of French chateaus. They have fraternized with the common women of Naples, Casablanca, Tokyo, and Berlin. They have bombed German cathedrals. They have been told that illicit sex relations are not to be avoided so long as one can participate without becoming diseased. Braden first delivered the essay as a speech at Coe College, but Keene says it went national. This got around, it was talked about in the press, and she received over a thousand letters uh, as a result. These were not overwhelmingly positive letters. Here, Keene reads one from Sergeant Harry Higgins. I wonder if you couldn't have your picture placed in the Daily News so we GIs can see what you are so proud of. I'm sure you will have no trouble getting a husband, for there are plenty of 4-Hs in this country. 
During World War II, 4-H was a classification that deferred men from serving who were between the ages of 38 and 44. Here, Keen reads another from a soldier who writes from a hospital bed that he's been in for the last 20 months with a war injury. He wondered if GIs were being judged by their worst members. No one who has really suffered in this war, who has actually fought in the front lines or been blown apart by an enemy gun, has any desire to be a hero or to live in the past. We want to forget the past. We are just a bunch of GIs who were lucky enough to return alive. Keene says the binders of plasticized letters from American GIs to an Iowa Wesleyan student represent a bizarre episode, but it captures something important about our cultural heritage. But there is another come away. It is a very complicated feeling that she has here. The speech is full of historical detail, but for Maddie Willis, who voiced the Helen Braden letter, it also offered a point of connection across time. I don't know. It is very. It is a very complicated piece. And at the end of it, she just wants someone to move into the future with her. Maybe the trials and tribulations of war is something that would like interfere with that. And how can it not? The work of processing and cataloging isn't done. But Gam says her staff is working to make sure the story of the college and its holdings isn't lost with its closing. I'm Zachary Oren-Smith, IPR News. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great weekend.